Welcome to Zikur Daf Simanim. I'm Rabbi Ram Goldar, and today Masechus Baba Kama Daf Yud Gimel. The first parak Arba Avos. The first parak is sponsored by Mr. and Mrs. Moshe and Devorah Smith, and is dedicated to our courageous soldiers of Saul, the remarkable citizens of Israel, and to all incredible Jewish people. May Kadosh Baruch Hu watch over all of us and grant Israel a complete victory over Hamas and the return of all the hostages safely. So the three topics are going to focus on number one. Rabbi Abba said Shom Shehiziku. If a shlami animal, which is a tum, damages. Govim Basaran, the Nizak may collect half damages from its meat, which the owner normally eats, but cannot collect from its imurim, the part sacrificed on the Mizbech. Although this seems obvious, since Imurim are brought in the Mizbech, Rabbi Abba meant that he cannot even collect from the meat corresponding to the value of the Imurim, which cannot be collected, and only collects half of the meat. The Gemara explains how this ruling fits into a machuk is where one person's ox, a tum, pushed an animal into a pit and it died, where the ox's owner only pays a quarter, half of its half damages. According to the Rabban who hold the pit's owner does not pay more than half, one could still have thought here, he collects from the meat whatever he cannot collect from the Amorim, since it's all one body. According to Rabbi Nassim, who holds the pit's owner pays whatever cannot be collected from the ox's owner, that is specific to a pit, which completes the damage, but agrees that where two components damage equally, one does not substitute the other's payment. Pointing to the Mishnah Duff Tess Amabase taught that damage payments only apply to Nechasehem Yuchadim, privately owned properties, and three interpretations are given. Number one, Rabbi says it excludes a case where it's unclear whose animal inflicted the damage, where each owner can say it was the other person's animal and is exempt. Number two, Abrice explains the mission is excluding ownerless properties. The more explains the cases where an ownerless animal damaged an owned one and someone else acquired it. The damaged party has no claim to the animal which was unowned at the time of damage. Number three, Ravina says it excludes Nagach Vachakal Hiktish, where an animal gored and its owner was later Makdishit, or Nagach Vachakal Hifkir, it gored and its owner later declared it Hefkir. Although it was owned at the time of damage, the damaged party cannot collect from it because Adrasha teaches, An animal is not killed for killing a person unless the killing of the victim, the standing in court, and the verdict are all the same, meaning without a change in its ownership. And point with you, the Mishnah Dav Tesama base mentioned, a domain belonging to both the damaged party and the damaging party, but it's unclear if it's part of the previous exemptions from payment or the beginning of the falling clause obligating payment. Rav Chisa says, In a chaser owned by partners, the Torah obligated paying for shane and regal damages. He considers such a field as the field of another, which is where the Torah obligates paying for shane and regal, and it's not like Rishus Rabim. Rabbi said that Shane and Regal are exempt in a jointly owned chatzar and it's not considered the field of another since the damager's owner also owns the field. According to Rav Chis, the next clause of the Mishnah, when it does damage, the damager's obligator completes this phrase obligating Shane and Regal in a jointly owned chatzar. According to Rabbi it's an independent clause and the more explains it either comes to include Karen or to teach that if a borrowed ox damaged the borrower's own ox, the lender must pay for the damages where the borrower did not accept to watch it from inflicting damage. So once again, the three points are number one. Rabbi Abba said, If a shlamim animal which is a tum damages, he may collect half damages from its meat, which the owner normally eats, but cannot collect from its emurim, the part sacrificed on the mizbeach. Although this seems obvious since Amorim are brought in the Mizbech, Rabbi Abba meant that he cannot even collect from the meat corresponding to the value of the Amorim, which cannot be collected, and only collects half of the meat. The Gemara explains how this ruling fits into a machuk is where one person's ox, a tum, pushed an animal into a pit and it died, where the ox's owner only pays a quarter, 
half of its half damages. According to the Rabban, who hold the pit's owner does not pay more than half, one could still have thought here he collects from the meat whatever he cannot collect from the Amorim, since it's all one body. According to Rabbi Nassim, who holds the pit's owner pays whatever cannot be collected from the ox's owner, that is specific to a pit, which completes the damage, but agrees that where two components damage equally, one does not substitute the other's payment. Pointing to the Mishnah Duff Tess Amabase taught that damage payments only apply to Nechasehem Yuchadim, privately owned properties, and three interpretations are given. Number one, Rabbi says it excludes a case where it's unclear whose animal inflicted the damage, where each owner can say it was the other person's animal and is exempt. Number two, Abrice explains Pratle Nichseh Hefker. The Mishnah is excluding ownerless properties. The more explains the cases where an ownerless animal damaged an owned one and someone else acquired it. The damaged party has no claim to the animal which was unowned at the time of damage. Number three, Ravina says it excludes Nagach Vachrakach Hiktish, where an animal gored and its owner was later Magdishit, or Nagach Vachrakach Hifkir, it gored and its owner later declared it Hefkir. Although it was owned at the time of damage, the damaged party cannot collect from it because Adrasha teaches, An animal is not killed for killing a person unless the killing of the victim, the standing in court, and the verdict are all the same, meaning without a change in its ownership. And point with you, the Mishnah Dav Tesama base mentioned, a domain belonging to both the damaged party and the damaging party, but it's unclear if it's part of the previous exemptions from payment or the beginning of the falling clause obligating payment. Rav Chisda says, shutafim, in a chaser owned by partners, the Torah obligated paying for shane and regal damages. He considers such a field as the field of another, which is where the Torah obligates paying for shane and regal, and it's not like Rishus Rabim. Rabbi said that Shane and Regal are exempt in a jointly owned chatzar and it's not considered the field of another since the damager's owner also owns the field. According to Rav Chis, the next clause of the Mishnah, when it does damage, the damager's obligator completes this phrase obligating Shane and Regal in a jointly owned chatzar. According to Rabbi it's an independent clause and the Gemara explains it either comes to include Karen or to teach that if a borrowed ox damaged the borrower's own ox, the lender must pay for the damages where the borrower did not accept to watch it from inflicting damage. All right, so now we go to Simon W. Gimel, and our standard Simon is a bar mitzvah boy. A bar mitzvah boy. So here goes. The bar mitzvah boy, whose first ever shlamim, which was a tama, gored, making mechaev to pay half damages from the meat, but not from the emorim, was in the midst of admitting to a rabbi it was nochasim yuchadim, and not hefker. When all of a sudden he noticed his pet goat was eating the nizak's produce in the chatzar his family jointly owned with the nizak. Once again, it's a motion. The bar mitzvah boy, bar mitzvah boy, that must be more enough. Yud Gimel. The bar mitzvah boy, whose first ever shlamim, which was a tam, gored, making mechaev to pay half damages from the meat, but not from the emorim, which reminds us, Rabbi Abba said, shlamim sheheziku, if a shlamim animal, which is a tam, damages, govim v'sarin, he may collect half damages from its meat, which the owner normally eats, veina govim emorim, but cannot collect from its emorim, the part sacrificed on the mizbeach. Although this seems obvious, since emorim are brought on the mizbeach, Rabbi Abba meant, he cannot even collect from the meat corresponding to the value of the emorim, which cannot be collected, and only collects half of the meat. So the bar mitzvah boy, whose first ever shlamim, which was a tam, gourd, making him to pay half damages from the meat, but not from the emorim, was in the midst of admitting to a rabbi it was nochasim yuchadim, 
and not Hefker, which reminds us the Mishnah Daf Tazama based taught the damage payments are only applied to Nochasmim Yuchadim, privately owned properties, and three interpretations are given. The second one being Pratla Nichseh Hefker. The Mishnah is excluding ownerless properties. The more explains the cases where an ownerless animal damaged an owned one and someone else acquired it. The damaged party has no claim to the animal, which was unowned at the time of the damage. So the Bar Mitzvah boy, whose first ever Shlamim, which was a Tom Gord, making Machayev to pay half damages on the meat, but not the Emorim, was in the midst of admitting to a rabbi it was Nachasim Yuchadim and not Hefker. When all of a sudden he noticed the pet goat was eating the Nizak's produce in the Chatzar's family jointly owned with the Nizak, which reminds us that Gamor brings a machokas of a jointly owned Chatzar is exempt from Shane and Regal. So once again, the Bar Mitzvah boy whose first ever Shlomim, which was a Tam Gord, making Machayev to pay half damages for the meat, but not from the Emorim, was in the midst of admitting to a rabbi it was Nachasim Yuchadim and not Hefker. When all of a sudden he noticed his Petko was eating the Nizak's produce in the Chatzar's family jointly owned with the Nizak. Alright, so now it's time for four blot back Chazar. Dav Tess. So the similar Dav Tess is a teapot. So here goes. The brother's sitting around drinking tea. Tea. That must be on Dav Tess. Tea. Teapot. The brother's sitting around drinking tea while arguing whether they were like Yorshin or Lukuchos after dividing their father's estate, which reminds us there's a Malchokas of brothers who divide an estate like Yorshin or Lukuchos. The Nafkamina is a case where brothers divided their father's estate and the father's creditor collected his debt from one brother. If they're like Yorshin, this brother can be compensated. But if they're like Lukuchos, then he doesn't get anything. So the brother's sitting around drinking tea while arguing whether they're like Yorshin or Lukuchos after dividing their father's estate were interrupted by one brother who entered the room with an esrog, which he spent a third more on, which reminds us Rabbi Zerah taught, Behidr mitzvah ad shlish mitzvah. Regarding hither mitzvah, one must spend up to a third of the cost of the mitzvah itself. And he was quoted as saying, ad shlish up to a third must be funded from one's own assets. From there on, if he spends more, it will be funded, meaning reimbursed, from Kosh Baruch Hu. So, the brothers sitting around drinking tea while arguing, whether they were like Yorshin or Lukuchos, after dividing their father's estate, were interrupted by one brother who entered the room with an esrog, which he spent a third more on, who asked them if it was really wise to leave their children to guard over a shore a boar and a burning coal, which reminds us. The next mission states, So anything I am obligated to guard from damaging, I have caused the damage it does, if I did not guard it adequately. Abraisi illustrates this, an ox or pit that one left under the watch of a deaf mute, an insane person or a minor, he's responsible for their damages. If you left a fire under the watch, he's exempt from its damages. The distinction is explained in two ways. Daf Yud. So the similar Daf Yud is a minion of Yidin. So here goes. The groundbreaking ceremony for the minion of Yidin's new shul, minion of Yidin, that must be on Daf Yud. The groundbreaking ceremony for the minion of Yin's new shul was a disaster when an animal fell into a pit and died right after the president had dug the tenth tefach, which reminds us the Mishan Daf Tesaman base had stated, nisko. If I caused part of the damage, nisko, I'm liable in payment of his damage, nisko, like causing the whole damage. A bright seal illustrates that if one digs a pit nine tefachim deep and another comes along and completes it to a depth of ten tefachim, the last person alone is high for death or damages it causes. Thus, although the second person only increased the pit's capacity for damage, he's fully culpable for its damages. So the groundbreaking ceremony for the minion of Yin's new shul was a disaster when an animal fell into a pit and died right after the present had dug the tenth 
Tefach. Just as a bench holding five members collapsed after a heavy member sat down as well, which reminds us, a Brisa brings a case where five people were sitting on a bench and did not break it from their combined weight. And then one more person came and sat on it and broke it. This last person is fully liable. The Brisa is discussing someone like Papa Bar Abba, who was extraordinarily heavy and did not have permission to use the bench. So the groundbreaking ceremony for the minion of Yin's new shul was a disaster, when an animal fell into a pit and died right after the president had dug the tenth tefach, just as a bench holding five members collapsed after a heavy member sat down as well, while the stench from the navel wafted over the knees cried out, that it was depreciating, which reminds us. The Gemara notes that the Mishnah did not state Chavdi Benisko, I'm liable for his damage, but Betashuminisko, in the payment of his damage, which carries the connotation of Hashlama, completion. This teaches Shabali Matapling Benavela that the owner of the killed animal must deal with the carcass in terms in terms of Pachas Navela, the carcass's depreciation. Since it belongs to the owner immediately, he suffers the loss of any further depreciation between its death and the court case. Daf Yudalv, so the Simran Daf Yudalv is stars like the 11 stars in Yosef's dream. So here goes. When the thief threw a blanket decorated in stars, stars, that must be on Daf Yudalv. When the thief threw a blanket decorated in stars over the rotting carcass, he had to keep because Ain Shamin Loganav, which reminds us, Shmuel said Ain Shamin Loganav Loganav, we do not evaluate for a thief or robber the carcass of a stolen animal which died, rather they keep the carcass and pain full, Ella Nezakin, we only evaluate a carcass for cases of damages. Tosus explains that although generally one can pay with anything of value, thieves cannot because the Torah requires them to fully replace the stolen item or its value in money. So, when the thief threw a blanket decorated in stars over the rotting carcass he had to keep because ain't shaming Loganov, his wife, who just miscarried Ashilya over two days, demanded he get it out of the house, which reminds the Gemara discusses how we count a woman's tumor if Ashilya, an amniotic sac, partially emerged during a miscarriage of one day and finished emerging the next day. So when the thief threw a blanket decorating stars over the rotting carcass he had to keep because Ain Shamin Loganov, his wife who just miscarried a shilya over two days, demanded he get it out of the house, while his shomer guarding his getaway car got another shomer to watch it because he couldn't take the smell. Which reminds the Gemara brings some alcohol because whether a shomer who transferred something he was washing to another shomer is exempt from damages to the item. Dafyud base. So the Zim Dafyud base is 12 brothers. So here goes. The boy who picked up an Evid holding a microwave oven to show his 11 brothers. Boy, 11 brothers? That must be on Dafyud base. 12 brothers. The boy who picked up an Evid holding a microwave oven to show his 11 brothers and Evid is like Ark in terms of acquiring metaltoline. With a Kinyanaga, which reminds us the more discusses if Avadim are like Karka regarding acquiring Metaltoline along with them. So the boy who picked up an Evid holding a microwave oven to show his 11 brothers, and Evid is like Karka in terms of acquiring Metaltoline, with a Kinyanaga, accidentally dropped him on a lie before, making him Chayv to pay damages, which reminds us the Mishan Duff Tesama based taught that one is only Chayv for damages to properties which are not subject to Me'ila. Now this implies that even if they're hectish, one would be high for damaging them, provided they're not subject to Me'ila. Rabbi Yochan explains that the mission refers to Kachim Kalim, Karbanas of lesser Kedusha, such as Shami Morbachor, and follows the opinion of Yossi Agli, who holds the Kachim Kalim Mamun Balimu. It's the personal property of the owner. So the boy who picked up an Evid holding a microwave oven to show his 11 brothers, an Evid is like Karka in terms of acquiring metaltoline, with the Kenyan Agav, accidentally dropped him on a lie before, making him Chayev to pay damages to the cone who's trying to sell it since 
Nowadays, it belongs to him, which reminds us, a Mishnah teaches that an unblemished Bechor may be sold by a Kohen while it's alive, and a blemished one may be sold even after Shechita. Rav Nachman explained this refers to a Bechor nowadays, which cannot be sacrificed and so belongs to a Kohen. Still, if it was shakted without a blemish, it's prohibited in benefit as a carbon shakted outside the Mikdash. While the Beits of Mikdash are standing, a live unblemished Bechor does not belong personally to the Kohen. Rav Nachman was challenged from Rav Yossi who considers Kachim Kohen to be personal property, even when the Beits of Mikdash are standing. Rabina answers Rav Yossi discusses a Bechor outside Eretz Yisrael, which Rabbi Shimon holds should not be brought to Eretz Yisrael to be sacrificed and is therefore the Kohen's property. Alright, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number 1. Which stuff do we discuss whether one is high for damages of Shane and Rego in Rishus HaNizak Bahamazik? That's on Duff. Yud Gimel. Good number two. Which stuff do you have a case where five people are sitting on a bench and a sixth person who's very fat sits down as well and breaks the bench? That's on Duff. Yud. Good number three. Which of the women that nowadays an unblemished Bechor may be sold by a Kohen while it's alive? That's on Dav. Yud base. Good number four. Which of the women ain't shaming Lugandav? A thief cannot repay his theft with the carcass of the animal he stole. That's on Dav. Yudav. Good number five. Which of the women hid a mitzvah ad shlish? Regarding hither of a mitzvah, one must spend up to a third of the cost of the mitzvah itself. That's on Dav. Test. Good number six. Which stuff do we have three different pshatim of what the chasim miyuchadim means? That's on Dav. Yud Gimel. Good number seven. Which stuff do we have whether a shomer who gets another shomer to watch the item is high for damages? That's on Dav. Yud Good number eight. Which of the one that a shlaming tum that damages we collect from its meat but not from its emorim? That's on Dav. Yud Gimel. Good number nine. Which up to the case where Reuven sold all his fields to Shimon, then Shimon sold one to Levi, and then Reuven's creditor comes. That's on Dav. Ches. Good. Number 10. Which up to discuss if Havadim are like Karka regarding acquiring Metaltolin along with them. That's on Dav. Yud Beis. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is everybody. Ram Goldhart from Zichur wishing you a great day and great learning.